Grace Live, discussing issues important to your life and faith. Spiritual insight, practical wisdom. Join us as we transform the world one woman at a time. Women of Grace, for such a time as this. Now, here's your host, Johnette Williams. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Women of Grace Live. I am Johnette Williams. Very happy to be with you today. Enjoy spending this time with you Monday through Friday at this same time at this same station, always discussing issues important to your life and your faith, always inviting you also to join us live here on Women of Grace Live. Let me give you that toll-free number. It is toll-free for you here in North America, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Pick up the phone. Give us a call here today. It is Wednesday. You know what that means. It's a wacky Wednesday. Sue Brinkman will be with us. She will indeed. And we will be talking about some of the strange things that we see happening around us today. Very important for us to do because, you know, a lot of these uh, various concepts and ideologies and modalities begin to creep into our institutions, into our way of life, certainly within popular culture we begin to be influenced by them. Uh, And as we're influenced by them, they begin to shape us and form us, you know. And I think that this is one of the reasons why it's always a good spiritual practice to uh, spend some time each day. A lot of people like to do this at night. Some people do it in the morning. Some people do it in the afternoon. It doesn't matter when you do it, but at least to do, you know, a a bit of an examination of conscience to just take a look at, uh, you know, how it is, specific to this question, how it is that you have been shaped and formed by the mindset of the day and time. To what extent has that mindset begun to uh, infiltrate, if you will, your thinking process, your behaviors, your attitudes and opinions? You know, unless we are really taking a personal account on a pretty regular basis, the likelihood is that the, 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 the slime of the world, if you will, uh, is going to stick to us in some way. And we are going to be influenced by it. Our perspective will begin to change. And it will begin to change according to the mind and the heart of the day, as opposed to the, according to the mind and the heart of God. Uh, you know, I frequently mention that beautiful passage that's given to us by St. Paul in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not be conformed to this age, but rather be transformed by a renewal of the mind so that you may know what is God's will, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. And obviously, we know we don't want to conform to this day and time. You're listening to Catholic radio because you don't want to conform to this day and time. That is an indicator already uh, that you have this desire to enter into a deeper relationship in union with our Lord, right? But I want to draw your attention to that part about renewing the mind. And there's a lot of ways in which we can renew the mind. But first of all, we have to know what our mind is thinking, (laughs) you know? We have to do kind of like that little examine, that little uh, look to see, well, what am I thinking? You know, and, and this is, this is that, that, that gaze, that interior gaze at what's going on. How am I formulating my opinions, my judgments, my evaluations of what I see happening? And to what extent am I allowing myself to, you know, be moved along by the current of the day? right? To what extent am I flowing downstream instead of being like those salmon and battling to swim upstream? Uh, So, you know, I I really do want to suggest to us that, you know, unless we're really actively engaging 
in an examination of our thinking process, an examination of conscience, what's going on in there, you know, uh, a look uh, interiorly, not for the purposes of embellishing ourselves, but a look interiorly to uh, begin to apprise ourselves in light of the revealed truth and sacred scripture, uh, revealed uh, truth of sacred scripture and the teachings of the church, we are likely to find ourselves unconsciously, unwittingly, unintentionally being influenced by the slime of the swamp that we live in today. You know, um, so yeah, and, and when I talk about and use those terms, those are big terms, I understand, not pleasant ones. But that is the truth. I mean, that is where our culture is today. It's in the swamp. It's it's not in the light of day. It's not in the the, the glorious splendor <laughs> of the midst of God's creation. It has succumbed. It has succumbed to the zeitgeist. It's succumbed to the wily tactics of the evil one. And we're supposed to be countercultural. So, you know, what I'm suggesting is, you know, you know, this, this little census, taking a little census of ourselves, right? Uh, seeing where we are in light of all this. And it's to that end that we offer you these days when Sue is with us, because unless we're alerted to what it is that we've got to be wary of, uh, we are likely to fall victim very quickly. And that goes for all of us. You know, no one is ever outside of the possibility of being tempted or deceived. Even some of the great saints were deceived, deceived by the evil one. Uh, and, you know, God, why does God permit that? Well, he permits it, one, I think, to get our attention. Two, to help us to see that we are not beyond the capacity to be deceived. And three, to draw nearer and nearer to him and the one whom he has given to us, his only begotten son, who is the way, the truth, and the life. So, you know, we, if we begin to think that, well, you know, I can't be deceived or my, my faith is so strong or, you know, my perspective is just so right in line that I can't get tripped up. Oh my goodness. That is just the kind of a challenge that the diabolic likes and begins to enter into. So we have to be self-conscious in the best sense of the term conscious of what's going on inside of ourselves, <laughs> you know, so that we can, you know, mount that defensive action. But, you know, um, you know, we, we don't only want to be defensive, we want to be offensive. And we're offensive to the extent that we know where we're likely to trip up. Or we can see that, you know, we need to gird ourselves up uh, with, with a stronger life of prayer or with more frequent reception of the sacraments or putting into our daily life uh, a, a periods of recollection, you know, obviously a prayer time, but also periods of recollection throughout the course of the day where we, you know, place our internal gaze on God, even in the midst of our activity, just calling on him talking with him, begging him for help and assistance. You know, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. I've got so much on my plate today. I know I can't get through all of this without you. That's a prayer. It's a prayer. It's a good one. Actually, it's my prayer for today. <laughs> so all of that being said, uh, you know, we, we want to be aware. We want to be 
uh, you know, circumspect in the way in which um, we make our way through this very contentious time in which we are living. Uh, that's why we like to do Wacky Wednesday, just to help you out on that a little bit. Do want to send you out to our website, womenofgrace.com. All kinds of good things coming up. Uh, we've got our book study coming up beginning on September the 18th, Fire Within, Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, and the gospel on prayer. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful time together, inviting you to join us. All of the info available for you at our website, womenofgrace.com. More things happening here at Women of Grace as well. Get out there to our website, womenofgrace.com, and you can find out all about it. You hear that music? We're going to a break. When we come back, guess who's with us? Sue Brinkman. It is a wacky Wednesday. We're inviting you to get your questions in early so we can be certain to be able to get to your question to answer in the time that we have allotted to us. Going to that break, coming right back, 833-288-EWTN. Stay with us. Encouraging women in their gift of authentic femininity. Here's more Women of Grace with Johnette Williams. Well, welcome back, everybody. We are so happy you are with us today. It's Wednesday. Sue Brinkman is going to be with us momentarily. Uh, we'll be getting to all of your questions regarding the new age. So, Anna, I'm going to ask you to be patient. Hang in there. Uh, we want you to call us, too. Let me give you those numbers, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's the way that you can join us right here on Women of Grace Live, where we do love having that holy conversation with you. Today is one of those days where we talk about all kinds of strange things. Uh, and Sue will be with us and we'll have a topic of the day and all of that kind of good stuff. In the meantime, inviting you to check out our website, womenofgrace.com. All kinds of good things coming up. I was telling you about the book study. We've got all kinds of online events taking place. Uh, telling you about our Wagathon September 30th. We are, <laughs> we are engaged in the process of getting that beautiful time together. It's a Saturday. Uh, we're going to be with you from one to five in the afternoon. That's Eastern time. And, uh, you know, it is a celebration of our 20th anniversary. We're going to have lots of special guests wishing us greetings. And there's going to be some cute little things with Sue Brinkman and some cute little things with Jack and me. And it's all going to be dandy. So we want you to join us. We're hoping that you'll help us to continue to make it to the next 20 years. Yes, indeed, because the time is ripe for our ministry. Certainly is. Uh, Before we bring Sue on, I want to get to Reg. He's out there in Dallas, Texas today. And I asked him to call back uh, because we were talking yesterday about abortion. That's the way that the direction in which the um, uh, program went. But we were really talking about healing, healing. And uh, Reg was sharing with us yesterday uh, that there is a ministry in Dallas. It's St. Joseph's ministry. And it's specifically for men who have uh, are are also uh, the, the victims of abortion, either by the their own selection uh, in helping someone to attain an abortion or because, you know, a a woman that they um, uh, were uh, involved with became pregnant and she opted for an abortion. So I think Reg has something, uh, you know, very important to share. And I'm really hoping that uh, this effort that they're about there in the uh, uh, Diocese of Dallas is something that will take off and will move forward in other places as well. So Reg, welcome back. He's listening to us via Guadalupe Radio Network there in Dallas, Texas. So Reg, you were sharing with us about St. Joseph Ministry. Set it back up for us and, and give us a, uh, you know, a, a minute or so explanation and let people know how they can get more information. Sure. Uh, 
Project Joseph, actually. St. Joseph is our patron, but it's uh, it's known as Project Joseph. Uh, is designed for men only who have uh, suffered from an abortion loss. Uh, it was uh, sort of devised almost as a companion piece to Rachel's Vineyard, which is all over the country, as you know. Yes. And, uh, but right now, uh, Project Joseph is in two uh, official locations here in Dallas, and we have a branch that has opened up in uh, Indianapolis and uh, the Diocese of Lafayette in Indiana. Wonderful. And, we're, and we're, we're hoping to get it into every diocese in the country, because every diocese in the country needs this. Uh, men are suffering because they have lost children, uh, whether they were you know, responsible for killing them themselves or if they just found out about it after the fact, or if they fought it and didn't, uh, and and didn't win that that particular battle, and we deal also with men who just drove the car or who married a woman with an abortion in her past, because the suffering and pain is real, but we're working on the healing for that as well. Uh, the English Project Joseph was just a couple weekends ago, but we do have a Spanish one coming up here on September the 23rd and 24th, and I have contact information for that, too, here. Um, uh, Anyone who wants to be involved in the Spanish project, Joseph, or Proyecto Jose, uh, the number for that is 469-605-7262, or sancion at projectjosephdallas.org, that's S-A-N-A-C-I-O-N at projectjosephdallas.org. Um, we're also beginning to start a prison ministry here down in Texas. Uh, it's just in its very first feet right now, but uh, we're hoping that that will take off and go as well. We're working uh, with the Colby people uh, to try and get that all started. And um, also, uh, this uh, this week, this Friday, is the deadline for registering okay. for... Hope Restored, which is a, uh, an ecumenical conference about uh, healing after abortion. It's designed for mental health professionals and clergy, but it's open to all interested adults. Information for that can be found at ProLifeDallas.org, and that will be on September 13th and 14th, but the registration deadline is Friday the 8th. Okay. Any questions? Well- yeah, well, yeah, I, what I want to say is I want to thank you for all of this great information. And I want to know, um, is Project Joseph listed under leaf, underneath the uh, ProLifeDallas.org website as well? Are you mentioned yes, there? Is. Great. Okay. Yes. Uh, because that seems like it's a, you know, a, a, basically a, a place where all of these kinds of efforts regarding life um, are, are uh, you know, available, you know, and you can click on the individual ones that most suit your suit your purpose or, or what your need might be. And um, so this is this is fantastic. And I'm so happy to see this happening. Because I think, you know, obviously, the culture of the day does not recognize the, the suffering and the sorrow, no. that is the aftermath for women, uh, much less for men. Uh, so you know, this effort uh, that that you're involved with Reg is really a very important one. And I want to ask you that, uh, and I just want to alert our call screen. Uh, Matthew Gabensky, uh, Matthew, I- I'm going to ask you, Reg, if in fact you would leave your contact information for me personally uh, with our call screener. I'd like to talk with you more about this. 
I would be delighted to do that, and I hope you would uh, join me in a quick brief prayer for sure. the men who attended our last Project Joseph and the men coming up for the Spanish Project Joseph and for, sure. well, men and women everywhere who are mm-hmm. in need of healing. Absolutely. In the, name of the, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, we pray that you pour your healing grace down upon these victims of abortion in our country. Dear Lord, we, we thank you that in Texas we have stopped abortion, but we know the rest, most of the rest of the country is still suffering under it. We pray that those who cannot stop the abortion or make the wrong choice for it can find uh, the way to find peace and forgiveness, God's mercy and compassion through uh, Project Joseph and Rachel's Vineyard. Uh, this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy beautiful Spirit. prayer, Reg. Beautiful ministry. Uh, so grateful that you were involved in it, and I look forward to talking with you more. Okay? Thank you, Jeanette. God bless you. God bless you, too. Uh, thank you so very, very much. You know, all of these efforts, friends, are so very important. This is the time for us to step forward uh, and to um, allow our faith to be something that we wear on our sleeve because the world needs to see it. So there you have it. And without further ado, it is Wacky Wednesday, and Sue Brinkman is with us. I dare not call her Wacky Sue Brinkman, <laughs> but I can call her Sue Brinkman of Wacky Wednesday. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Hey, Sue, how are you? I'm doing just great today. Thank you. Well, I'm glad to hear that. We've had some little audio issues with Sue, and we're still trying to sort those out a little bit, but we uh, definitely, definitely want to get about the business of what our day is all about here, and already the phone calls are coming in. Uh, At this moment, we've got one line left open, so I'm inviting you to take advantage of it, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Also inviting you to use the chat feature at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. If you've got a question, we'll be happy uh, to address it if you put it up on that chat feature if you cannot get through on the phone lines. We always prefer to have you uh, on the air if we can. And again, that's 833-288-EWTN. So what's going on, Sue, in the wacky world of, of new age and all kinds of other strange uh, situations that take place in our day and time? Well, the wackiness keeps flooding in here, John. <laughs> There's no end to the wacky flood that, that comes into our doors through our email, that's for sure. But uh, yeah, one of the things I was uh, writing about today is something you've written pretty extensively about, and that's Carl Jung. Oh, the strange yeah. psychology of Carl Jung. You know, I had no idea that his background was as let's say checkered as it is. Yes. Do you know that he he was the son his mother was a medium. Yes. His father was a Protestant minister who doubted the divinity of Jesus. Um, and that he, he was very, very involved in the occult as he was growing up. Um, he claimed that, you know, she claimed, his mother claimed that she had spirits visiting her at night. And Jung claimed that he had actually seen some of these spirits. Um you know, one of them was a, it was this thing floating, a, a luminous figure floating out of her room, and it was holding its head in front of him and floating in the air in front of her body. It was a weird, weird stuff that he would see. Um, very intense interest in the occult. Claimed he had two personalities. One was that of a wise old man, and he believed the wise old man was guiding him. Um, he also was into all kinds of paranormal activities, such as precognition and clairvoyance and psychokinesis. Um he had he he contacted 
all these entities through his process of active imagination and that. And he had one named Philemon who became his spirit guide. He was just a very strange man. And, and I guess most people don't know that about him. We, I think he's most probably known for his belief in dreams. Um, and that really has to do with his whole um, psychological theory that our wholeness lies in understanding the unconscious mind and that that as you read in the, wrote in the new age counterfeit she said he claimed that a person is a myriad of opposites mm-hmm. the unconscious mind attempts to reconcile those opposite tendencies thereby bringing mental health and wholeness so dreaming had a you know it was a big deal for him and he called that whole, whole process of bringing them together individuation and he thought the only way to bring harmony between the tendencies is for us to embrace the negative our negative side. I think, well, really, we're trying to kind of overcome that, uh, Mr. Trump. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had no idea that he had such a background. And it's shocking to me at how his teachings have made their way into, they're in parishes, they're in retreat houses, and people treat him as if he was some great mind. And I'm thinking, wait, have did you read his background? Because it's not that hard to find. Um doesn't that raise a few red flags in your mind, especially about about giving your mind over to someone who believes in these different theories that were created by a man who was under these influences? To me, that's like a big red flag. I wouldn't go anywhere near it after yeah. I, I knew that about him. And one other aspect of, of, of uh, Jungian thought has to do with this collective unconscious um, and when, you know, this is, this is like, sort of like, you know, all of the archetypes, all of these things precede and all of this is collected in this collective unconscious that is accessible and is there. Um, and, and really when you look at that in light of a lot of the new age beliefs that talk about the, 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 the cosmic oversoul, you know, uh, you get the same idea and this is, this is something that's devoid of the understanding of a personal God. It's also something I think that um, seeks to compromise the whole notion of free will, because in a certain sense, we're guided by this collective unconscious, right? Um, and I, I can't go into it a whole lot more than that uh, on, on with regard to, you know, the time that we have in my capacity, but it is something worth looking at in light of uh, some of the parallelisms that we see with new age thought. And, and he's always been a, ri- a big red flag for me, uh, you know, and so you know, a lot of people, you know, re- rely on him. I know that uh, he's, he's well taught in, in psychology classes, and there's been attempts again to Christianize this. I'm always wary of trying to take something like this that is a completely different worldview and then attach, you know, uh, you know, some kind of a Christian term to it to baptize it in, so to speak. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm so glad that, that you're bringing him up today. And in his, in his background, I'm not sure that he ever disavowed that background. I'm not sure that he ever sought, you know, some kind of, of uh, deliverance from that background. But he was highly involved in the occult. And so a lot of, of his psychology is, is occultic in the sense of being that mindset and that worldview that there are powers in the universe that can be manipulated and used for our own purposes. And it's knowing how to harness that reality to make that reality do as we wish to have done. So anyway, there you go. 
Yeah, he thought Jesus was a psychological symbol for the self. He didn't believe in him as a, he didn't believe in him at all. Yeah, um, that's very very problematic. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. It's it's just not something that we really want to get engaged in. Uh, no. And if you're going at a retreat center, or they're bringing it to your parish or seminary, you might want to point this out to the people in charge to say, you know, you know what, I'm, can't we find somebody better? Yeah, I mean we have it, so yeah so much. So our church is so rich uh, know, in its in its history and its teachings it, on every subject imaginable. Why do we have to teach this? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> you know? and this is, and we don't, and that that's the point, you know, because you know I think that well, my personal opinion. First of all, a lot of this stuff came in through uh, uh, women's religious orders that were experiencing a tremendous dismantling following the Second Vatican Council mm-hmm. and became, I think, uh, you know, in some cases, a cesspool for all of these ologies. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, you know, the, the ungodly rage written by Donna Steichen back in the day uh, really highlights that. The second thing I think that has happened here is we've psychologized everything. A psychology became more of, a, of, a, of an accepted science and as there was more study done on psychology, and what is it really? What is psyche? It's the soul. It's a study of the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but as as that began to progress, then a lot of of the teachings of the church began to be looked at through the lens of a psychological perspective or a psychological worldview, which undercut you know, the, the, the solid teaching of the church, it can't, it can't, it can't take away from the solid teaching, but it undercut it in the mindset of people and in what was being presented to people. And so, you know, I talked to uh, Sue at the beginning of the program about the need to really see how have we, you know, how have, how is some of the slime, <laughs> you know, of the swamp stuck to us? And I think that these are some of the ways that we need to look at because they're very real. They're, they're very, um, what's the word that I want to use? You know, elitist in thinking. So you find that that there's a lot of people that that succumb to them, and and they're part and parcel of what we hear today and see today. Yes, yes. Something we need to be very careful of, and I'm I'm happy to have brought that this subject up because it was very eye opening to me in some regards too. Yes. Well, I'm really happy you did. And when we come back, boy, we've got lots of people calling in today, eager to get to those calls. We're eager to hear from you too. Two lines open for you now, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. Again, EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page has that chat feature for a reason. We want for you to put in your question or comment there and we will address it. More on the other side of the break with our guest today, Sue Brinkman. She's with us every Wednesday for Wacky Wednesday. Get out to our website, womenofgrace.com, and check out the New Age blog. Woohoo! Coming right back. Stay with us. Well, there you have it. That is our Wacky Wednesday theme. It always alerts you to the fact that it's Wednesday, if, in case you forgot what day of the week it is, and that Sue Brinkman is with us. We're talking about wacky things today. Uh, we've got some callers here. We want you to join them, 833-288-EWTN. That's 833-288-3986. That's toll-free for you right here in North America. Outside of North America, country code one 205 271 
1-205-271-2985. Country code 1-205-271-2985. We are also available for you at EWTN Radio's YouTube channel and Facebook page. Simply use the chat feature there. Put in your question or comment. Insight, inspiration, or word of encouragement. And we'll get it retrieved for you. Thinking that Michael McCall is out there doing the retrieving today. Matthew Gubensky is there for you on the phones. And in studio producing the show in Fort Jeff Burson is Rich Jesse. So, Sue, let's get to Anna. She's been holding since the show began. God bless this woman. Very patient lady. She is from New Jersey, listening to us via Sirius XM Station 130. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, Jeanette. I'm so happy to talk to you. I was actually at the Malvern retreat in uh, July. It was just amazing. So thank oh. you for that. Oh, you're Loved so welcome. It. Loved you. Yeah, it was such a beautiful experience, you know. But yeah, so um, basically my question is this. I understand that yoga, you know, years ago I did it and I never thought about it, but I've stopped since. I understand that yoga is supposed to be, it could be like a portal for like evil or whatever, you know, coming in. But my question is, if it is, if yoga is like uh, dependent on the Hindu poses, does that mean that that the Hindu religion is evil? You know what I mean? Like, why why would it be a problem for for anyone to do yoga? That's I guess not Hindu. Maybe is that my, that's my question. Yeah, I'm going to let Sue answer that question, but but I want to say one thing. Um, you know, evil is a great big word. So what is evil? Um, evil is yeah. the absence of a good. It's the absence of a good. Uh, so something okay. is evil because the good is not there. So in that sense, we could say that anything that is absence of the good, and who is the good? The good is God. Anything that's okay. absent uh, of, of the triune God, w- w- we would say that there's a lack there. Uh, you know, evil... Okay certainly has a certain connotation. What we would say is this, and I think that we can say this with certitude um, and, and without equivocation, and that is that Hinduism is a pagan religion. It's a pagan mm. religion. It does not believe okay. in a monotheistic God. It's a, it believes in, in uh, many deities. So it's polytheistic, okay. not monotheistic. So, Sue, I'm okay. going to let you answer the rest of um, Anna's very good question. It is a good oh, question. Thank you. Um, and here's here's a, a differentiation I think is important to make. It's not the people that, that we're saying are, are demonic. Um, where the demon where, where demons come into play here is that they hide behind the names of pagan gods. So it's not just the Hindu gods. I mean, it's the Roman gods, you know, Zeus and Jupiter and all that. They tend to hide behind those names. And when you call upon those gods, they may choose to answer you and come through it. That's really what we're saying here about it. We're not condemning the whole thing as demonic, but we're saying that demons do have a tendency to hide behind the name of pagan gods. And that's one of the problems with yoga. It could come through there. Now, we would ha- you would have to be in a yoga class actively worshiping that Hindu god, that whatever, like the snake god or whatever position or whatever pose you're in. You would have to be actively worshiping that particular god in order for that to be a sin, right? It, you know, if, you, if you're not doing that, it isn't. However, if the person next to you is, and one of those gods decide, one of those demons decides, well, I'm just going to come over because this guy's invoking me. I'm, he's doing the sun salutation. I'm going to come down and I'm going to, I'm going to get with him. And you're there in that room. He can, if you're not in a state of grace, he can harass you too. 
So that's why yoga classes can be so problematic because we don't know what the people in that class who they're calling upon. You might not be, but they might. So there's a problem there. And then, of course, there's the problem with scandal. Everybody knows that yoga is a form of Hindu worship. Uh, that's just where it comes from. It's a pretty basic understanding of, of people. So what if somebody who, who knows you and really looks up to you, and especially the fact that you're a Catholic, and say, well, you know, Anna's a great Catholic, and yet she goes to yoga. So maybe Hinduism isn't all that bad, and I should look into it. See, now that's that's where you're now coming into the realm of the, of the sin of scandal. You're, you're actually starting to lead people into worship of pagan gods. Uh, this is, these are other ways that, that, that yoga can, can hurt you. I've been having been a, a yoga, not a yoga instructor, but having been a fitness instructor, can, I just shake my head at this. There's so many other things you can do isometrically to work out. You don't need to have all these problems. Who wants to walk through a minefield like this just to get it, you know, an hour of exercise in? Forget it. Do something else. Um, but that's really what, what we're talking about here. But I think your question is a very, very good one. Now, the Church on Ecumenism, you know, the Co-Council of Trent dealt with that. And also Lumen Gentium from the Second Vatican Council has a good section on, on ecumenism uh, in that particular document. And I would recommend that you read it. Um, uh, I can't address it as, as deeply and as theologically as it does in those documents. Um, but uh, that is a good source of information on how we regard pagan religions, how the Catholics regard pa pagan religions. Oh, and let me, if, if I can just jump in too, I, let, on a, you know, one of the prohibitions that we have is that we uh, as Catholics um, are not to practice other religions. We're not to practice them. And yoga is a practice of, of another religion, a pagan religion, Hinduism. Uh, and there is also something about the efficacy of action. You know, sometimes actions have an efficacy and effectiveness, whether we intend them or not. So let's use some other kind of an occult practice as a comparison. Uh, here we're talking about yoga. So let's put that uh, to the side for a moment and, and bring up, say, going to, uh, a, a, going to a state fair and having your fortune read by a psychic. Um, you might be going in there purely for fun. But the fact of the matter is the action of going in there is an implicit, um, an implicit invitation. It's implicit. It's not explicit. It's not saying, hey, come on, you know, I want to mess around with um, powers and principalities. You're not doing that. But it's an implicit action that puts you in the position where there is a, a, a type of permission that is given to the demonic to, uh, to, to, you know, uh, to come and to interact in your life. Does it always happen? No. Can it happen? Yes. So we've heard from people where it's been innocent things like that, that they've gotten involved in, and they end up in deep spiritual trouble. So now if we think about that with regard to yoga, which is the, which is a practice of a pagan religion, uh, the, the, the essence of which is to come into relationship with, uh, that, that, that life force energy that they consider to be God, which is non-existent and is a false God. If, if we are, if we are participating in that practice, is there a major difference between that and the person that goes to see the psychic? The person going to the see, see the psychic is going because she or he might think it's fun 
It's a lark. They're at the fair. Let's just, you know, do something out of the ordinary. Uh, They're not intending to consort with spirits. The person going into the yoga class, and here we're only talking about one kind of yoga. They're they're all, uh, you know, uh, they're all... uh, 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 you know, subject to um, infiltration by spirits. But the one that's been popularized here that people use for exercise is Hatha yoga. So what's the difference between a person going in to see a psychic because it's a lark and it's fun versus the person going in and using a pagan practice and occult practice um, for exercise? You know, I'm afraid that that it's, it's I, I can't say that there's a difference there. Uh, you know, so, you know, I, I think that there's, there is something about the efficacy of the action. I, take this, for example, I say, you know, you have friends over and, you know, the friends come to the house and you're praying the rosary. Friend doesn't believe in the rosary. Friend's not even Catholic. But you ask the, the friend to pray the rosary with you. Well, they pray the rosary and then they experience a big blessing from heaven. It's because of the efficacy of the action. There's a participation right? So the benefit extends. We would have to say that the same holds true uh, in, in, in the, in, in the, the uh, reality of, of uh, uh, you know, false religions. So, you know, there's an efficacy of the action. So I, I just, as Sue says, why, why do we get involved in this? Why do we even want to argue about it? This is what I don't understand. If you're not in bondage to the practice, then just give it up. If you can't give it up or you refuse to give it up, you got to ask yourself, why? Why am I unwilling? And then we've got to have a serious conversation with ourselves and maybe a spiritual counselor. So anyway, I, I, it's an excellent question and I thank you for it. And I love, Sue, that you parsed out the difference between people participating in things that they think are okay uh, that, that might be evil versus the people themselves being evil. We are not ascribing that to anybody at all, even people that know better. And that's the other thing. Once you know better, you know, like you talk about scandal suit, once we know better, we have an obligation to align ourselves with the truth. We have an obligation, but we don't want to obey, you know, as people, We we don't want to obey. That's um, so non-scriptural. I mean, we're no longer acting in accordance with love. That's right. That's from the uh, Romans. It's, that's it's right. We need to be acting in accordance with love at all times. And if it's something that is scandalizing our brother, we give it up, whether we agree with them or not. Right. That's scriptural. You yeah. give it up if it's scandalizing somebody. Never take that kind of a risk. No, never. No, absolutely not. Because then you are culpable in their action. Uh, because, you know, they, they you gave them witness to that, which is not good or holy. Uh, let's get to Monica. She's in Ohio today and um, eager to hear what she has to share with us. Living Bread Radio is the way she's joining us. Hey, Monica. Hey, Donette and Sue. I'm so happy that you've taken my call. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. So I'm 100% Catholic, and I'm really careful about uh, watching movies, going places, um, that uh so here's what's going on there's a movie coming out called the haunting of venice and it's a agatha christie movie with uh perot but i looked at the trailer and they're having a seance on the movie and i just because of that i was not going to go to the movie and i just wanted to know what your thoughts were you know we're talking about portals and i don't need to open some portal just to go to see some movie Exactly. 
Exactly. I don't know that you'd be opening a portal just by going to watch a movie. Um, you'd have to actually be participating in that science, in that seance. But I would be curious to see how are they presenting that seance. If this is something that's you know very very important, and this is where you go to seek all your answers and that sort of thing, that could be problematic. And of course, I, I kind of have the feeling that that's probably where they're going with it, just knowing what Hollywood yeah. does with that kind of thing. Um, so I would want to look into that and just see how how exactly they're presenting it uh, in that that movie. But <clears throat> you're not participating in it now. If they just put it in there, is because. Uh, during the time of so many of the uh, Agatha Christie, aren't they like kind of like the 19th century, late 19th century, and that sort of thing? That was just a parlor game at that point. That's that's the way they got involved in all kinds of spiritism. They were dabbling around in all kinds of things and thought it was just games. I mean, Ouija came out of that era. So I, I think that um, depends on how they're presenting it in that movie. And if they're presenting it as something that's wrong, that, that ended up really causing a lot of problems for the people, hey, then that's okay. But if they're if they're presenting it as, hey, go to a seance if you need answers to all the, the, the deeper questions of life, then you got an issue with that. Then I wouldn't go see the movie. Why give it? Why give it my yeah. eyeballs? I wouldn't do it. Yeah, and, yeah, I get, and it, the other thing is, uh, if I, if I may, the other thing is, you know, by going to see the uh, movie, Monica, you're you're supporting the movie. Right. You're, you're giving mm -hmm. your money. Uh, it, I know it's not thousands of dollars or anything, but you're still giving your your money. So therefore that, you know, increases the revenue for that movie. If it does well, they're going to make more like it. Um, and I, too, have seen the trailer. I've seen the trailer for that movie. Um, it's nothing I want to go see, period. It's I don't like those kinds of movies. I, I don't find it um, entertaining to be scared or to have passions, you know, inside stirred up you know uh you know any kind of curiosity that for the occult or any of that you know why put ourselves into a position of temptation or even possible influence so um i did i did see the trailer um i, I don't know that it glorifies seances sue in that sense uh, it is you know they go to this seance and then all kinds of things begin to happen that are you know, unpleasant, but uh, why, you know, St. Paul talks about, you know, all that is good, all that is holy, all that is beautiful, all that is true, all of that stuff, you know, to set our minds on those things. So why do yes. we want to say, settle our mind on the macabre and the gory? You know, I just, I don't know. I, I, that, that appeals to passions that are really low and low. I mean, in a position to the higher, you know, parts of our, our nature that are called to the good, the, the, the beautiful. Why do we, we don't, why do we, we don't want to give, we don't want to, you know, beef those up in any way, you know, right. <laughs> for lack of right. a better way to phrase it. You know, we don't want to strengthen them or excite them. So anyway, that's my opinion. Take it or leave it. I know a lot of people love these score, scary movies, not a genre I've ever appreciated. Uh, but, you know, I look at it and I say, why do you want to go watch that? You know, I'm not talking. That's that's the general you, Monica, not you. <laughs> so yeah. hope that helps you. <laughs> Thank you for your call. It was a really good question. Uh, very important because right now, Sue, you know, you go to the movies. All of the advertisements are for these kinds of things because mm -hmm. you know why October's coming and that's Halloween at the end of the month. And then we get back into all that business again. <laughs> yeah, it's that time of year and it's already starting. People already have their decorations out in my neighborhood. <laughs> for Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's almost two months away. I know, like, I know, but I know I've seen decorations up for the for, for it already and I'm like, you know, could we just you know, could we? anyway. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Frustrating. Um, all right, we're going to go to Addis, first-time caller. I think I know this Addis. She is in St. Petersburg, Florida. Very eager to hear from her. She is a friend of Women of Grace and a personal friend of mine. Hey, Addis. Hi, Janet. How are you? I'm Dandy. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you. No storm intrusion here. So we're blessed. Thank you for all the prayers that you encouraged everyone to offer up. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Well, I was was praying for all of you. And, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, that part of the country is very dear to me. And Yes, but I'm glad it was averted. And I praying and, and want everybody to continue to pray for all of those people um, in the, uh, you know, the nature coast yeah. of Florida up there in the Big Bend area, Cedar Key and uh, Keaton mm-hmm. Beach that were so mm-hmm. drastically hit and mm-hmm. experienced such devastation. But one good thing about that, Addis, praise be to God, it's not a highly populated area like Pinellas right. County would be or Tampa would be or, right. you know, even Sarasota in those areas. So. Exactly. Well, thank you. Thank you. So, Janet, I have a, a question regarding uh, Catholic retreat centers. Okay. Now, uh, by the way, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Married Couples Retreat Center at Authentically Catholic Melbourne. <laughs> oh, yes. There you go. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, yes, yes. And Jay actually wanted to go, which shocked me. He's the one that brought it up. So, hey. Wonderful. So he, did a, he did a great one last year. He was very, very pleased, very happy. So, wow. so back to the question. Okay, so my question, Janet, is, um, I mean, obviously, you know, there are, we can look for retreats based on some, you know, some like like some women of grace retreat that I'm seeking. But there are times when people that I meet or or individuals, organizations that are uh, wanting to either put on a, a retreat, a Catholic retreat, or attend one, and there's maybe not one at the moment. So I have found it to be a very challenging task it's it's you really need to know to search where are these located and then go on their individual websites to see what they offer uh so many of the catholic retreat centers now have seemed to be uh, infiltrated by synchronism you know there's mm-hmm. a creep in that uh, you know, synchronism mm-hmm. i'm sorry so my question is is there or do you know or, or does you does you know of any resource where one can like type in Catholic retreat center authentic, you know, that it comes up because I'm not having success and people I know are not having success with that. Well, that, that's a good question. And, you know, uh, Sue, go for it. Boy, do I wish there was. <laughs> that would make life so much easier for us, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. I think that, that uh, what I always um, recommend to people is what you just said, that you go on there and you check out that website and you make sure that, that what they're doing there is all Catholic. Because that's usually where you're going to find the information about it. But you are going to have to do the homework. Unfortunately, there really is not one place there, you know, that, you know, that we could all go to to say, okay, this is a good one. It's, it's checked out here. Uh, so this is a good one. A lot of that also is by word of mouth. People in the diocese just kind of know where the good ones are. That's how it is here in, in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. We just know what ones to go to and what ones to avoid. Mm-hmm. Now, most dioceses have a diocesan directory, and you can go into that directory, and you can look up. They'll always, they always have a section on their retreat centers, and then you can go through those retreat centers, and you can kind of do that, that job on your own. Just go and look at their different websites, and, and you'll be able to find out within two seconds whether or not that is a Catholic retreat center or whether or not they are teaching things that, that don't belong in a Catholic retreat center. So if you see things like, you know, centering prayer, uh, any form of divination, believe it or not, there's some around here that get into that sort of thing. Um, 
you're looking at yoga, uh, Tai Chi, different things like this. If you're seeing any kind of traditional uh, Chinese uh, type things going on in there, Qijong, whatever, um, you just need to do your homework. And I'm sorry, Addis, that it's not any easier. I wish that there was. I know people always ask and they say, Sue, isn't there a list of all the new age stuff we should avoid? I say, oh boy, do I wish there was. I would be out of a job if there was that list. Addis. I would be out of a job. Oh, we'd find something else for you to do, Sue. <laughs> yes, that's it. <laughs> I know. They, we don't. We don't. In a way, I think it's kind of a good thing because it teaches us something very important. We're supposed to know our faith. Yeah. Not just have somebody spoon feed things to us. We're not, I'm not saying that that's what you're asking for, but we're supposed to know our faith. In other words, we're supposed to know the Bible, scripture, and we're supposed to know our catechism so that yeah. when we go and we look for information, we can readily spot what is Catholic and what is not. So I will tell you, I, I can, homework. I, yeah, you, you mentioned, of course, Malvern, uh, and we go to Malvern and we like Malvern very much. And I've never seen a retreat there that I've been concerned about. Um, but there's also one here in Birmingham that's very close to EWTN Network in Irondale called Casa Maria Retreat House, C-A-S-A for house, you know that, Maria, Casa Maria Retreat House. And that's run by the Sister Servants of the Eternal Word. Um, and it's a very lovely property, very beautiful <clears throat> I think you could be quite comfortable in going to any retreat that's being given there. You can look them up online, Casa Maria Retreat House. They do have a website at us, and you can check them out. The other thing, you know, is, is you know, following um, individuals that, that you know to be orthodox and, 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 and in line with church teaching and see where they're giving retreats. So, you know, for example... You, you have, say, Deacon Harold Berksivers, for example. Well, you can go to any retreat he's going to be at, and it's going to be just fine, you know. Uh, same with, uh, you know, other individuals who are known to be very uh, exacting in how they present the faith. Uh, so that's another way to, to find, you know, a place where you can go. So you can do that by area of interest, for example, too. You know, what are you interested in, in going on retreat about? But that, that's it. And good advice, Sue. I think that we do, you know, have to be able to make those discernments on our own. Uh, but I always like to promote really good ones. So thank you, Addis, for, for your question today. There's that music. Can you believe it, I Sue? Know. I, I, I know. It. I know. It oh, flew by. Sorry we didn't get to the rest of you, but we're going to try it again next week. So we're inviting you to be with us right here on Women of Grace Live. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow, though. You can call in with your questions tomorrow as well. I look forward to hearing from you. Always good to be with you. God bless you now. Bye-bye. <laughs>